When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Do you guys think right then before we started the show when I... The intro music? I was pretty close. Yeah, My pitch was pretty were. close. I got it. I knew what yeah. you were doing. Because you started it right after and I was like, oh, wow, that was close. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Key. You didn't even need a monitor mix. Nope. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Adam. Hey, bud. I'm Nick. How are you? Super. I'm really good, man. Actually, really good. I was going to do an intro where I was like snoring and woke up. <laughs> what? What? Uh, <clears throat> what are you guys doing? Uh. Not because I thought the episode was boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird? I'm in Nashville right now and Ryan Key is not. <sighs> Ryan's not because I'm trying to stick to this thing where when my time is done, you know, when I'm lying on that final bed, I want to be able to say that I moved once a year, every year of my life, starting in 1999. Um, yeah, I'm moving again, renovating a house. But I don't know, man. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying and making some progress uh, with the real estate thing. Some people think you're insane when you move a lot, but it's become a, a cool fun, you know, thing for me that's helping me propel myself forward in life. And uh, I'm moving again. So, yeah, that's why I'm in my parents' guest room right now. And not in Nashville, hanging out with you until three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> listening to new story of the year songs. Next time you move, instead of buying the house, you should walk in and blast the person sitting on the couch in the living room, kick their dead body off the couch <laughs> and, and sit down and just take ownership. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with any furniture? Yeah. just yeah. Other than the murder part, that sounds great. Well, you'll still have to build a crew. You'll still have to uh, gain the respect of the town mm -hmm. and you'll still have to deal with other crime syndicates, but... You'll have the house and the furniture. And some cool armor, maybe. Yeah, it's a good plan. Okay. Speaking of, we're, of course, talking about the book of Boba Fett. It's chapter four this week. Let's get into it. What have you done with those plans? The book of Boba Fett, chapter four, The Gathering Storm. Disney Plus describes it as, here we go, Boba Fett partners with Fennec Shand. <laughs> wow. New info. Uh, hold on. Mike <laughs> corrected us that we have already named the intern. What was it again? Mark, I think. Mark. Original name was Mark? Or is it Greg? I think it's Greg. Oh, no, we said Greg. No, we said Greg succession. because of succession. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. So it was I Mark. I want it to be Greg, but it's, it, it is Mark. It's, we, uh, we were mistaken there. But anyways, thank you so much, Mark. Well done. For the insight. Well done. Uh, nailed it. Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett holds a gun. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Star Wars show. <laughs> Released at the time of this recording today... January 19th, 2022. I like doing this day of, it's tight. Directed by Kevin Tancheran, most recently worked on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., written by John Favreau, of course. Starring, no like full guest star new folks coming in, but there is a musician named Stephen Thundercat Bruner who plays the mod parlor mechanic that we'll talk about later. 48 minute runtime. It was a long one. Second longest, right? Mm -hmm. What'd you guys think? 
Um, I'm still waiting for the hook. I'm, I'm patient. I love Star Wars. My Star Wars needle is moving slightly dark side with frustration, but I love it nonetheless. It's cool. I'm watching it. It's rad. Overall, I had some good moments in this one, but I still don't know who I'm supposed to hate. I don't know where it's all going. And with only three episodes to go, it seems like it's only going to most likely be a scene or, if we're lucky, an episode where something gigantic happens. The only thing that might indicate we're in for something big quickly is the music at the end of yeah. this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We're clearly, some type of Mandalorian crossover is happening that they wouldn't put the recorder in the show, you know, yeah. uh, to play us out. I don't know what that means. I've never seen that. <laughs> they wouldn't put that in there if, if there wasn't something directly just Din Djarin, however that's going to be, coming soon. And I don't know. I, I agree. I totally agree with uh, your your needle metaphor. Uh, you know, I'm watching this kind of waiting for lightning to strike, uh, as we saw happen so many times in The Mandalorian, which is our first live action experience in television with Star Wars. And so this is the second one and we're waiting for lightning to strike in that way, I think, you know, for that, that, oh my God moment. We haven't had that yet. Mm -hmm. But that said, I I agree that there was also some really cool, really cool stuff in this episode. Some incredible visuals as they've done throughout this show so far. The cinematography has been unbelievable. Uh, I think on par with the Mandalorian, they're keeping, you know, the level of production is, is very high. And so there's a lot of cool stuff to see. And there is a lot of cool moments for especially those of us that have been on the earth for 40 plus years and are watching this stuff because we have loved it since we were in diapers. There's those moments. But I agree. I think I'm kind of sitting here for 48 minutes going, what? What's happening? Like, what is it about? (laughs) There's a crime syndicate thing that's happening and we'll see how it plays out. But um, I definitely think there's a Mandalorian crossover in the very near future for us. So, I mean, it's hard. Like, I'm definitely not going to sit here and say like, it sucks or anything like that. I think it's healthy for us. We've always been very real with how we feel when it comes to Star Wars. And I'm the meme of like the guy with the stick, like poking the thing and be like, do something. You know, it's like, that's kind of what I'm doing with Boba Fett right now is like, it looks nice. I know it's heading somewhere, but like, do we even know for sure how many episodes this is or if it's a second season? If you told me that right now that this was an ongoing series, I'd be a little bit more patient. But as far as I know right now, we have three Maybe four episodes. I think just three. Yeah. Has it actually said the words limited series anywhere? No. Because I'm like, all right, if you're telling me this is going to be an ongoing thing, I'll be patient. But I have no clue. So I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the best show I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's okay to not be jumping out of your seat. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's spread it over the over decades into one album mm-hmm. every song is not the single that yeah, that right. gets you on the radio it's just not gonna be and obviously we had high hopes for this and it's not over yet but i think it's totally okay to talk about it in a way that is respectful of what they're creating but questioning your own involvement and interest in it without shitting all over it and mm-hmm. i think that's what we're doing and i think that's fine yep 100 percent. nick you made a, a good point about telling this backstory or having this kind of like slow week is something you expect if there's 22 episodes, like a traditional series where you're going to go back like lost. We would get entire episodes of just backstory, Mm -hmm. but you know, we had 21 more episodes in that season that you would expect action out of like at least half of those. Right. So I get that. But that being said, 
it was good backstory stuff. It really like filled in some important stuff, mm-hmm. built that relationship. And I was into that. I've enjoyed the backstory stuff the most. I, I, yeah. I, I assume you guys agree, but that, that's been my favorite part of the show. I've been yeah, for sure. quite literally watching this episode this afternoon. When he woke up, I think it was subconscious. That's when I picked up my phone, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I had some like an incoming message or something, but just the idea that like when this, I was glued for the flashback, I was. And then when it got to the, the present day thing, I kind of was like, okay, I'll just, I'll tune in if, if something happens. And that's definitely a you know a barometer for how I feel about the show. But I but I have been uh, very excited and very invested in the flashback stuff. I I, th- I think it's the the backstory of Boba Fett is way cooler right now, at least than the current story of Boba Fett. So uh, I am enjoying the flashbacks a lot, and make and it's certainly making the show worthwhile for me. Patrick Merton in the chat said, "Think how many Breaking Bad episodes were just like." WTF beginning to end the fly episode. Yeah. And then a few episodes down the road, it all comes together and you're like, Whoa. So trying to be patient on that level that, that with that, that kind of thing in mind, mm-hmm. there was lots of awesome stuff. I mean, I, I think sort of like kind of painting a very clear picture, just like, Hey, stupid, here's what it's about for the, the character shift in Boba Fett for all the people that are like, oh, he's not mean. He's not enough of a villain like he used to be. Yeah. They lay that out in the backstory, and I thought that was sick. I love seeing Black Kersantan just rage and rip somebody's arm off for real. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that there's a lot deeper stuff there than him just wanting to fight. So that's all interesting, but it is, they are just like kind of like they're making small moves on the board for a bigger thing, I hope. So again, I enjoyed it. It was good. Let's do a quick overview of, of everything we hit plot-wise just for a frame of reference. So major things in this episode. We get the backstory of Boba saving Fennec's life. What was that flare in the sky? Did we see that in Mando? Did she shoot that off? No. Din and that weird Italian dude in Chapter 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they were shooting those up to blind Fennec because she was looking oh, that's through right. her, her scope. That's right. Okay, that makes sense. Boba gets his shit back. Wipes out the Nikto biker gang, just like lays it down. Also kills the Sarlacc, goes there hunting for his armor. Doesn't find it because, you know, he was unconscious when the Jawas took it. So went there looking for that, didn't find it. Back in present day, Black Kersantan returns, joins Boba as we predicted. Boba meets with the family leaders that shot from the trailer that we had been missing where it's the four different species. We've got the Aqualush, Trandoshans, and what's the third one? It's not Nikto. With the uh, with the face, the one that's most skeptical. Like, why don't we yeah. just kill you? Actually, I don't know. Anyway, and the third species, the third family that we referenced, you know, before when we talked about all that, uh, they have that meeting. They sort of form an alliance, settle on a neutrality agreement to thwart the imminent takeover by the Pikes. Boba and Fennec then have a little discussion at the end, like, "Hey, we we need more. We need a crew. We need if we're going to fight this war, we we need some people. We need some muscle." And then what do we hear to close it? The Mandalorian theme, Din Djarin, he's coming, straight up. Yeah. Let's discuss. So the Mod Parlor at the beginning, sick name for that, I think. Yep, totally. Where he takes Fennec to get the blaster shot in her gut repaired. I thought that was dope. I thought a lot of those kids actually looked sweet. The one dude who had the fully cybernetic eyes and the girl who had, uh, she had the thing kind of like on her head. Mm. Yeah, the tattoo parlor vibe was so rad. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like that stuff because... There is an element to this, and and we've talked about this tons over the last couple of years doing this, but there is an element of this that is tying what young people, kids, 
are watching to their current reality and connecting it to Star Wars, you know? So something like a tattoo parlor kind of vibe, we probably wouldn't have seen that in 1980, right? But it makes sense to, to see it now. And who's to say that there isn't mod parlors in the galaxy, you know? that It's, it's not yeah. something that's like, yeah. oh, well, let's make it look like a tattoo parlor. It's like, yeah. how cool is this that in that galaxy, tattoos are like this? This is what people do. That. Mm-hmm. That's what I took from it and thought it was really cool. Yeah. And it's not like body modification doesn't exist. We've seen it obviously right. with Luke and Anakin and mm-hmm. I mean General Grievous is was at some point. At For least sure. Humanoid. So you think of like you yeah. think of this being sort of like a black market version of it where totally. like you can go to these shops and you don't have to be in the empire to mm-hmm. get your legs replaced you know? yeah. Yeah. or just for like health reasons you know it's mm-hmm. something to do like a tattoo to be cool megan in, in the uh, one of the patrons in the chat said that it was mentioned that the body modification thing came up in star wars the old republic a lot as well did not know that that mod parlor surgery scene was scored and edited in the soundtrack yeah They're like nothing we've ever seen in star wars it had super heavy Mission Impossible vibes <laughs> yeah, I, to me. <laughs> I was I was watching that scene and in my head, I just I couldn't unhear it. We need a montage. <laughs> just yes. uh, Team America was just ripping in my a head. Montage. And just that like uh, Mission Impossible drums, you know, like a real yeah. sh- like uh, uh, what's the right word here? What's the feel of those drums? Like a real sloshy I, mean, I don't know it's very like swedish like ikea drums i don't know like, <laughs> like what is, come on uh, i just want some ikea meatballs now yeah like there's no way you could hear that sort of like fast drum beat and not think mission impossible or ikea <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't understand your ikea reference but i love it i have no idea what you're talking about but it's amazing i also thought it was cool that they're tying in that new crew with a little history. Yeah. You know, they're not just like throwing this crew in like, oh, they exist now. They're rooting them in Tatooine at the very least yeah. with some history. So I've been talking about Boba so much. Like, I don't remember if I said this on last week or whatever. My, I really have no problem with the actual look of those kids or their scooters. It's just more the like primary color thing. Mm-hmm. We don't have primary colors in Star Wars. It's like a very weird thing like maybe besides what lightsabers you would say well in the prequels especially on nebu nebu starfighters there's lots mm-hmm. of stuff in the prequels like that. yeah yeah that's true and that's all uh hot rod influenced you know i guess the primary colors set against like sand colored yeah. tan things is like jarring it's not it's not something that only i felt or something obviously people had problems with it so pretty polarizing clearly but as we say if i was like eight years old <laughs> i'd be first in line at the store to get my toys yes. Of the, that scooter, so yeah, hundred percent. We can be forty plus year old crotchety old bastards all we want, but if I was a little kid and I watched that episode, I would be outside right now on one of those make believe scooters in my backyard. You know, mm-hmm. so I get that aspect of it as well. Lastly, on them, did you notice that Fennec referred to them as the mods? Yeah, yeah, she did. Very cool. cool. Go get a hold of the mods or whatever she said. So I, that's what they're called now. Couple questions. One, how many years? did Boba spend with the Tuscans? Because he says, he references like, you know, years ago when they saved me or whatever. Well, Mandalorian is eight or nine years after Return of the Jedi, right? So we have, it's got to be... Five years after Jedi, which is nine ABY, yeah. Is that right? I could have sworn it was eight or nine. Size limit, thank you in the chat. Yeah, so five years for him to 
get immediately saved and then spend five years in the desert with the Tuscans. So question answered. How about um, Fennec doubting that the Nikto Sandriders killed the Tuscans? Yeah, that was big. I mean, that's that's to me the biggest like seed that was dropped in this is her yeah. doubting that because, you know, I think we mentioned it last week where that one pike almost lured Boba into his like sanctuary there so the Nikto bike gang could go kill the Tuscans. But then this week Fennec is like, I don't think they could have killed the Tuscans. So there might have been something more there. That has to be deliberate. Like mm-hmm. there's no yeah. chance that they're going to go to another scene where where Fennec goes, Oh my gosh, they did kill them and I was wrong. That's yeah, not right. going to happen. Yeah. So that had to have been deliberate. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh gosh. It's a Calicori. A Sith wayfinder. The dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. I missed one last week that was funny. Another new word in the Star Wars slang lexicon. Boba at the end when he's talking to uh, when he's when he's talking to Black Kersantan when he's releasing him he he says take it from a former bounty hunter don't work for scug holes yeah <laughs> I'm gonna start calling people scug holes you're a scug hole it's scug hole <laughs> um, this one not so much like a an Easter egg or a, a a curiosity so to speak but I thought it was really cool the analog scope on Boba's Tuscan rifle it's just an old like a traditional just optical scope. No digital readout, nothing. And I think that's very rare, right? Have we ever seen something like that in Star Wars? I can't think of anything. I don't think, I can't think of any, uh, because it's always an opportunity for them to have that like old school view Mm -hmm. that we're Mm -hmm. used to from like the 70s and 80s. So I thought that was tight. We mentioned at the top, the uh, the main cyber surgeon in the the mod parlor is named Thundercat, a musician. He has a solo project that's funk, but he played bass also in Suicidal Tendencies. And helped produce Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Pretty sick. There's some arabesque on Fennec's little probe display. There's a lot of it. Like as you know, as we go, like the first person view of that probe as it's going into Jabba's front door. It scrambles a bunch of letters, a bunch of random crap. But it says for a moment, it says ghost. I wonder if that's what that thing's called. Hmm. I liked how that, I liked how the probe had training drone movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it was real quick and turning left and right. Like it had the same exact qualities in that spherical sort of movement. It was cool. Master Assassin Fennec Shand of the Mid-Rim. Sick title. Mm-hmm. Did we know where she was from before this? I heard the Mid-Rim part and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think they've, in, unless it's been in something that is way above my pay grade, deep in a novel or comic or something. Because technically she's only been in this and the Bad Batch, right? Yeah, so... We haven't heard a lot of references to the mid-rim either, though, have we? Yeah, Am I? Not, I mean, a, not a ton. Again, maybe, maybe comics and novels, but it's not like a commonly used term in Star Wars vernacular. You know, Coruscant's on the inner rim, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're always talking about the outer rim, so yeah, interesting. Boba refers to the Tuscans as sand people, and in captions, it's capitalized. So maybe that's not a derogatory term. Maybe they're fully rebranding all this stuff, just like the, the old origin of the name is now legends. I mean, it's more of a derogatory term on earth. Right. You right. know, it's not, I mean, that's why people have an issue with it because it means something here more so, but people who live in the sand, how else would you describe them? Yeah. They are the native people of the sand planet. Yeah. Yeah. Also with, with the, the level of, of, well, <laughs> I say this, we know, we know how much kind of 
social and, and political even commentary went into Star Wars for Lucas. Yeah. There's no way that there was ill intent there. It was, as Nick just said, people who live in the sand, you know? Yeah. Here, speaking of things that people are upset about, Boba's ship named Slave One. Everyone lost their shit when they released a new toy, and it was called Boba Fett's Fire Spray Gunship, or whatever they labeled it as, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone thought, oh, they got rid of Slave One altogether. They're, they're changing. They're ruining our f-ing childhood again. Turns out it's still called the Slave One in canon. Go to Wikipedia and look at it. It's still called Slave One. Fire Spray Gunship is just the type of ship. It's like a class of gunship, like P-51 Mustang, F-16 Falcon, YT Freighter, you know? Also, though, don't you think that there should be some leeway for almost 45 years of knowledge and experience and even if they are changing the name out of respect for people that might have some type of reaction to that word. People who aren't into slavery. <laughs> is, yeah. is that, yeah. it's been 45 years. Yeah. It's, it's, can, it's a, can we agree that there's room for growth and, and that maybe yes. uh, learning about your neighbor and, and respecting them is important as, you know, part of the human race. But I, I, I what do I know? I'm just a <laughs> dude on a podcast. I would agree with you, dude, on a podcast. <laughs> The rat catcher droid in Boba's kitchen, which is hilarious, with the exact same stainless steel uh, prep tables, like every restaurant. I love the, I love the like climbing through the like almost the crematory like thing. You know, it was the oven, yeah. but it was yeah. He was just like, fine, I'm not going to burn up. That little rat catcher droid is an LEP LEP series droid. Also known as uh, the LEP service droid, LEP servant droid, seen throughout the Clone Wars. Immediately, I was like, what is that? What do I know that from? Mm -hmm. It's all over the Clone Wars. That's fun. There's been a long debate over whether Boba's armor is Durasteel or Beskar. I don't know much about Durasteel. I Mm -hmm. think that's like an older thing before Beskar became like the new canon hotness for, uh, for Mandalorians. But that debate is now over. He said it straight up when they were digging for it. I mean, I feel like we had this debate a little bit towards the end of Mando season two and we all just were like, no, it's Beskar. Like we're, we're ending that debate then. Yeah. So it's good to hear him yeah. say that. We, we all got a nice laugh out of Durasteel too. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm remodeling a house right now. I'm, I'm at Home Depot every other day and that just doesn't sound like Star Wars. It sounds like yeah. where doers get things done. <laughs> 30% off all Durasteel products. That's what it sounds like to me. Where Mandalorians get things done. <laughs> <laughs> the question is though the dent on his helmet and the dent on the sort of the, like the cod piece part of the armor that had to be other beskar or more densely uh forged beskar like how do you oh yeah how do i how does beskar dent yeah mm-hmm. it would have to be with heat i mean we know cad bane did that you're talking about his helmet right yeah yeah cad bane did that but we still have no clue exactly how yeah weird that would be a cool reveal mm-hmm. good flashback but yeah. i mean Think about this, too. I mean, I don't know if we're going to bring it up. At one point, the I think Fennec or maybe the back to tank itself said, like, you're healed, right? Or did mm-hmm. Fennec say that or the back to tank say that? So or the droid, yeah. If that's the, been the like, way to have flashbacks is him being in the back to tank, and if he's healed now, how are we getting more flashbacks? Maybe we're not. Yeah, we might not. Unless he gets his ass kicked again. I mean, saying goodbye to his Bantha, there was a farewell, maybe, uh, you know, finally meeting up with the timeline of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, that's a acceptable stopping point for the flashbacks because mm-hmm. now the story that we know and the story we're watching have intersected. I think that was always the plan. Yeah. Well, I say I think that. I, I assume 
maybe that was always the plan. Maybe we'll get a, a picture, you know, a, a scene of him just longingly staring out the window, having a flashback. Yeah, yeah maybe. looking at the two, the two Tatooine suns. Oh, or the three moons. Oh yeah, there's three another moons. one. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. Black Kersantan, the return. He apparently is super racist against Trandoshans. <laughs> he just couldn't handle that they were in the same building with him. Just having a good time, like gotta smash him, dude. I mean, but we've talked it makes about sense. It. Yeah, there's that history of Wookiees and Trandoshans. So Trandoshans hunting them for sport. So I would say, if anything, they're the racists, and he finally just uh, got a chance to whoop their asses. Mm-hmm. We talk about uh, the the abduction and the hunts on their you know predator style, and not not predator. It would be like. Uh, Hunger Games, or no, um... Oh, what is the movie? The Game? Surviving the Game. There we go. From 94. Yeah, so like that, they're assholes. And then they brought the, the Wookiee Pelt to Boba in episode one. They suck. I'm not mad at, at BK. Rip all their arms off, they're assholes. He rips some arms off. He definitely does it. Dude, the look, though, on that one Trandoshan's face after he broke the bottle on the armor, and they did that mask perfectly. His eyes were like... Oh. I was gonna say, the, the makeup... The, the the styling and makeup that they did, obviously super practical effects for them, for their costumes. Did you did either of you get a straight up nineties Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles vibe? Like yes. from the yes. way the eyes were moving and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and the masks. I did. And I liked it. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, so good. Nah, I couldn't find a place. Speaking of Black Crescenton though, uh Garza Whip calls him Santo. New nickname, because mm-hmm. in the comics, he's Santi, mm-hmm. or Black Santi, or BK, or... Santeria. You know. A Wookiee of many names. <laughs> he does not practice <laughs> Santeria. <laughs> and then lastly, on Garza Whip, when the whole thing settles down after the arm gets ripped off, she turns around and she says, hit it, Max. Yeah. <laughs> that is, in fact, Max Rebo, That's not great. a twin. All right. I love you. I know. Favorite quote, scene, moment? Nick, you want to go first? Absolutely. As much as I've been very uh, eh about this series and this episode so far, I absolutely thought the fire spray being over the Sarlacc pit was one of the most beautiful Star Wars scenes I've ever seen. First of all, seeing that ship in the air, and I felt this way back to season two of Mando, seeing that thing actually fly in like a normal sky, like a cloudless sky and not space is there's something very beautiful about how it moves. So yeah, it kind of just hovering very slowly and him maneuvering over the Sarlacc pit. Very, very cool. Love the way that looked. Mm. This is a scene that I never considered would happen. I, I, him looking for his armor, actually going in the, the pit and looking at it was pretty sick. And then we got a seismic charge. I've, I felt like yes in my head when the seismic charge actually detonated i for some reason i thought all of the sand was going to sink like 20 feet 30 feet and then right right and then the ship would still be hovering there in my head that looks really cool but that did not happen (laughs) (laughs) it was dope though to see it radiate out Mm -hmm. underground yeah that was sick and the sound is just like like top five star wars sounds (laughs) yeah absolutely i think i'll give it a tie with with that scene with with honesty being on the table, as you said, Nick, and us sort of waiting for what the big, you know, the hook is going to be, as you mm-hmm. put it. I'm still here for the, like, uber Star Wars moments that we're getting. So that moment was clearly one of the—dude, seeing the inside of the Sarlacc like that and 
mm-hmm. you know, in live action, incredible. I loved, you know, the physics of the ship and the, and the turning of the cockpit and Fennec dropping down and standing on the glass. All of that was so cool. But I think a tie for me was them actually commandeering the ship. Fennec just blasting fools with that sniper rifle. Just yeah. It wasn't your usual like, wow, no one in Star Wars can shoot anyone other than the heroes, you know? It was just, she's so good. She's that good. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, t- the, the movements, her body, the way she was turning the, the weapon so fast on target, it, it was less like luck and more skill. You're like, wow, she's a force to be reckoned with, you know? So that whole scene, the ship like ripping the wall out as it was turning around, I, I, I mean... Who's not stoked on all of that stuff? That's blaster bolts and spaceships. Like, that's what we're here for. I don't want to be that dude who just says, yeah, me too. But probably, yeah, me too. Everything you guys just said. Although Black Chrysanthemum's Hulk out moment with the Trend Oceans was pretty sick. Like, seeing the look on his face, it felt like... uh, Something from from like a Tarantino movie, you know, from like, uh, you know, Django or something like that, you know? Yeah, dude, I loved him sitting there at the table just like pounding booze, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, like dripping all over his face. Yeah, just just not able to handle it anymore. You know, he was at his breaking point sitting in that at that little table. Just it, it was good. That scene was awesome, too. Can I do I, I want to do a runner up scene. I think him finally not finally, I should say. My runner-up moment is him taking out the Nikto speeder gang. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it was revenge, and I think for the first time in this series, not taking into consideration Mandalorian, in this series we saw him just be Boba Fett, you mm-hmm. know, bounty hunter Boba Fett. and Ruthless. Ruthless, killing them. And I, I felt like that was, that was pretty awesome. Agreed. All right, let's wrap it up. With a little review of last week's predictions, we did get the Trandoshan meeting at the table. It was all the families, but I, I you know in my head it was the Trandoshans. Uh, Black K joining the crew. Anything else we predicted last week? I think those were the two big ones. Yeah. I feel like at some point, I don't know if last week we predicted this, but we did say there was going to be a, a fire spray reveal. So we got that. Yeah. I like this, keeping score of our speculating prowess. Yeah, we need an official scorecard. Some of the stuff that's still left in the waiting room right now. We don't know whether or not the thing with the huts was a red herring. We don't know if they're going to show up again. We don't know if Danny Trejo and the Rancor, th- Rancor thing is potentially a double cross or some kind of shady stuff, or if that it is for real Boba's Rancor now. Seemed to be. We didn't see Boba ride the Rancor. That's got to be coming, though. We will. It seems like uh, we have seen all the footage from the trailers, though. Right? That's everything. I can't think of anything else that we're, we're missing. Unless it's yeah. a very minor thing. The warrior woman from the Tuscan village, th- still. Where's she at? We did not see her die. Like, that's official. I haven't heard anything since then, right? So we're, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So she still could potentially come back. And one thing that makes me think that we might still get some flashbacks or we're going to at least get something that calls back. The comment that Fennec makes when Boba gets out of the back to tank and the droid says, you're completely healed. She says, what about the scars on the inside? And he says, those take longer. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. So to me, I mean, that's that's alluding to all the all the young Boba stuff on Camino. I really hope they keep going with that now that they've they've yeah. teased us with like new shots. It's crazy. I'm still on this Omega and Mace Windu thing. I want it so bad, dude. But at this, this is what I was thinking about. I know we're trying to wrap up here, but with three episodes to go, do you really want that to just be like 
ham fisted in there? Because that that's like those are like big things. I think it's I think it's gonna be the finale that sets up season two. All right. Well, as long as there's season two, then I'll calm down. But <laughs> I'm calm. I'm calm. Okay. So for next week's you know scorecard, the, the recorder. And by the way, I have to say this. I, I don't know if you guys are watching Afterlife on Netflix, the Ricky Gervais sh- no. show. It's phenomenal. It's so unbelievable. And season three just came out. But he plays a local news newspaper for like the Gazette in this little village in England. And so they go around and they do, you know, the most asinine stories. Like a guy has a water stain in his wall that he thinks looks like Kenneth Branagh. And they go and they report on that. But one of the things they go and report on is this kid who can play recorder pieces with his with two recorders out of each nostril <laughs> and like play melody and harmony, you know? So now I can't not see that kid with the two <laughs> recorders up his nose at the same time. Uh, so yeah, watch Afterlife. It's amazing. But that is all to say that it's next week. They're not doing us. Yeah. Din Djarin's coming next week. I would agree. All right. How about this? Let's go on record. Do we see Pedro Pascal's face or is it just Din Djarin shows up full Beskar? Oh. Well, I don't know because we know rumored Pedro Pascal's like issues with FaceTime, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the show. This is a different show. So I don't know. You know what I mean? It's. It's still Favreau written, but it's a different crew and showrunners probably, you know, it's all, who knows? Maybe, maybe he, maybe he gets to sort of exercise that, you know, I want to be here with my helmet off. Also, I'm stealing this, I think from Mike, Mike Forster mentioned with Black Crescenton back with all of the, all the beef with the Trandoshans, Bosk, the bounty hunter has to be showing up. I think... Nick, there's something to what you're saying. Like, how is this just one season? Yeah, yeah there's no way, how, dude. Like, and here's a question: You guys tell me. You're you're smarter than me. Have have we been told Obi Wan is a limited series? We have, right? Yeah, that's that, like confirmed. I believe Kathleen Kennedy did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So it's a tight knit, action packed story that Hayden Christensen's coming back for. It's all going to mm-hmm. be mind blowing, and we know it. Yeah. There were plenty of moments in The Mandalorian where we, in the grand scheme of things, we were like, this is unreal. But there were weeks where we were like... Yeah, monster of the week, you know, mm, that type of thing. You know, there were those moments. So, like, granted, this one in four episodes I don't I don't think has wowed us in the way that The Mandalorian episodes that did wow us yeah. wowed us. That was a lot of wows. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but wow. follow me. Um, but I, like I said before in this tonight, in this episode, the flashbacks i i really think have been incredibly special and i think the development of his character has been better than the character he's become that's all Mm -hmm. that's the problem that's the disconnect is like showing how he got to here has been incredible but here is kind of like flat right now that's the issue but they weren't you know it wasn't all eye popping with with mando and we loved it so uh, my point is just to say that, Nick, I think you're right and that it would be crazy if this just got tied up mm-hmm. with all of these potential things in three weeks. Yeah. So I think season two changes the dynamic of how I feel totally. about the show. So we'll yeah. see. And I guess the, the just the landscape of production has been mm-hmm. off the top of my head. This seems like the least amount of Star Wars we've gotten since 2015. We ended Mando a year ago and all we got was Bad Batch, which was a great season one for animation, but still mm-hmm. was nothing earth shattering. So we went basically a full year waiting for this, which I think ultimately, personally speaking, is my problem, is that we just have gotten nothing of major substance for mm-hmm. a year, which is probably the first time that that's happened since 2015. 
So I can't say I had expectations about what I wanted to see in this series because I've learned my lesson to not speculate in that way. But waiting a year and getting four episodes in and not getting some meat on the bones yet is has been that's ultimately what's frustrating me. Patience, young Padawan. Yeah. I am older than you, so I can, I can say shit like that. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Listeners, if you love this podcast, there are a few ways you can support us. You can go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod and become a patron for as little as three bucks a month, as much as 30. It gets you Discord access, bonus content access, exclusive merch, a few different levels. It's dope. Everyone in here hanging out with us in the chat right here is at the Jedi Council tier. They're good people and thorough. You can also rate us, review us on your podcatcher of choice. You can share the podcast on your own social media. You can also just subscribe. Just hitting the subscribe button supports us on some level. It helps for sure. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at thankthemakerpod, on Twitter at thankthemaker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. All of my socials are at William Ryan Key. All my social media is at Nick Bayside. Episode 29 of the radio radio show is exclusively on Spotify and uh, things are going well over there. My numbers are starting to tick up a little bit and I think that has a lot to do with people posting about it. So please listen, post about it, yada, yada. Nick played my song. He's a good friend. And thorough. (laughs) (laughs) If you want more Star Wars content from our Thank the Maker podcast network, Armor Party podcast is for folks into costuming. Princess and Scoundrel is all about Galaxy's Edge and Disney Park going. They're on alternating weeks on Tuesdays. Good stuff. Check them out. Also, thankthemakermerch.com for Thank the Maker merch. Folks, thanks for listening. Patrons, thank you for being here. Dudes, I love you. I know. Love you, bud. And until next week, may the force be with you. Yeah.